Hi there, professionals. Thanks for joining me on my new exciting podcast series, Industry Insights with me, DPDS. This series will take a look at stories from entertainment industry professionals from all sectors of the industry. It will be compiled with various levels of experience and will really indulge in a journey of their careers and utilize their stories and experience to help influence current professionals in the industry or total newcomers wanting to get into the industry. If you are new here, thanks for joining us. I'm grateful to have you listening. If you enjoy the episode, please consider subscribing connect our community across social media for those that have been here before welcome back here's what we've got in store for you today well good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you might be in the big wide world and welcome back to the final episode of the season of industry insights with me dpds and i'm sure you're all thinking who is the guest today um and actually the guest today is me (laughs) I will be here, as always, um, but I have a very good friend um, who I've worked with in the past. is a very successful podcaster as well, and I had a lot of uh, viewers um, asking me uh, about my story and would I share some more details of mine. So I thought what way uh, would be better to end the series with some of my stories. So um, I am list- enlisting the help of this great podcaster. Um, he's a fantastic performer uh, when I worked with him as well. has gone on to be a great, uh, like I say, podcaster with a show called You Booked It. Um, it's a great podcast of how to create a successful entertainment career. And he's going to be putting me in the hot seat. So I'm going to welcome to the show. It's very early where he is right now down under in australia and welcome to the show dane reese welcome hello hello welcome and thank you for having me darren so good to be here finally catching up after so long really yeah i don't actually know i was looking through our messages thinking wow it was a long time since we actually spoke properly crazy uh yeah crazy and I'm, I'm sure everyone was expecting you to have an australian accent um but you're originally from the states but now obviously you live in australia with your wonderful wife and child uh, jess who i worked with as well um so thanks for joining me just before we begin though and i hand everything over to you uh to put me in the hot seat just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and talk about your podcast as well because it's a fantastic podcast oh for sure so I am an entertainer, singing, dancing, acting all over the place. I grew up in a small place in Montana uh, and then worked my way to the East Coast where I went to school in Boston, moved up to New York, did that thing, and then uh, got on a ship contract. And that's where I met you and also my wife, Jess, all on the same contract. And that just kind of flipped my life on its head. And I never made it back to New York. And instead, Jess and I tried to work together on contract after contract, which we did. And eventually we got married. We lived in Australia for a while. Then we moved to Vegas. Uh, we were there for about seven and a half years. And I, while I was there, I performed in nine different shows on the Strip and lots of different things you know, outside of the city. And uh, also worked my way into the tech theater side of things, stage management and corporate production. And so I've had my hands all over the place in this industry. And then I created the podcast called You Booked It. And that was a lot of fun. And it still is a lot of fun. And what I do there is I speak with a lot of different entertainment professionals like yourself, Darren. And it's about not just honing in on just, say, the Broadway market, but 
all different aspects of the industry because this industry is really huge. And I think it's really great to get insight on all parts of the industry. And from there, uh, I created a thing called the You Booked It community, which launched maybe two months ago at mm -hmm. this point. And with that, it's really just taking the podcast kind of to another level where it's a group on Discord. It's now free to come in and join that. So you can pop and look at that and get together, have those conversations about how to navigate this career. And then every other week, I bring in masterclass teachers from all over the industry. For instance, tomorrow, we've got Laura Bell Bundy, uh, who's a Tony-nominated uh, actress, the original Elle Woods on Broadway and blah, blah, blah. Her resume is ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> that's what we've been doing. Amazing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about your masterclasses. They look awesome. So if you are listening to this, hop over uh, and you can sign up to all of that and, and get all of those good insights. So awesome stuff, Dane. I mean, that, that was like your whole life very quickly. I'm sure it's uh, yeah. <laughs> been more of a process than that. Um, but it's been like what I say, when we first met um, on a ship contract and, and you met your wife, Jess, and we went through some emotional times during uh, that uh, contract, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, shortly. Um, great. So um, I'm going to hand this over to you and um, see where we go. And I'll be put in the hot seat and hopefully I can give some uh, good insights like uh, all of my guests this season. Brilliant. Well, let's let's start at the very top uh, with what's happening on happening right now currently. What is your current job, your role? What part of this industry are you in? Yeah, well, I mean, pre-COVID, uh, the world yeah, of was, course. Fan was fantastic. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm in a, a little entertainment break, uh, which is fine. Um, but pre-COVID, obviously, I was a performer for, uh, I'd say, tw 20 years. I think I sound really old now, but um, around 15 to 20 years as a pro professional singer and dancer. Um, and that really entailed from, you know, theatre to cruise ships to... Uh, corporate events, theme parks, um, which kind of led me then into a transition into um, directing entertainment. So really focusing, I work for a cruise line, Carnival Cruise Line, um, and hoping to return to them soon, um, where I work as entertainment director. So I oversee the whole entertainment operation on board uh, one of their vessels. And that really entails, you know, scheduling, coming up with the program, um, managing performers, musicians, technicians, youth teams, uh, media content, uh, and overall like guest experience. So my number one job is to make sure that everybody that sells um, on a ship with us has the best time and, you know, a memorable vacation. Um, and that's, you know, I do that for most of the year, I take a couple of breaks after contracts of so six months, and I'll take a, maybe six to eight weeks off um, every time. Um, so really, I'm working in the in the cruise travel industry for really the last 10 years is kind of where I've predominantly spent my last chunk of my career and honing in on that and really enjoying that experience. Yeah, very cool. And is that primarily an office job or like a regular corporate job? Or is that you on the ships? Or is it a bit of both or what is it yeah so this role is actually um uh, is shipboard based so um it was quite a transition from obviously being a performer being very active <laughs> every day working out yeah. dancing shows to suddenly them you know being yeah in an office as well and, and spending a lot of majority of time planning and sat behind a desk but also having the freedom to be out and about in the operation and really see 
you know, all of those things coming together. Um, so, yeah, I would say a, a corporate office role, uh, but shipboard. Yeah, cool. So you're saying you got a nicer cabin and some fruit delivery? <laughs> yes, the ca I did get a ca cabin um, upgrade, quite significant. Yes. But the only downfall about it was that also my office was part of the, the cabin. So uh, sometimes right. you feel like you're always w on work because it was very tempting or is tempting to just go to the computer and, and check what's happening. And um, that, trying to find that work balance uh, can be difficult. But yeah, I didn't actually get the fruit. I think I need to be one more pay scale up to get the free basket oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i always thought that that was the strangest thing they're like oh yeah just get just grab your fruit from your bowl i'm like we don't have that yeah that's not a thing no. that we have <laughs> my my neighbor is the hotel director though and um i do knock on his door sometimes and say are you gonna are you gonna have that are you gonna, are you gonna eat that he's like no take it take it i'm like okay great thanks perfect <laughs> yeah perfect <laughs> How did this all start for you? Because you've clearly worked in so many different facets of the industry, but we all start somewhere. What's your story? Yeah, I suppose um, as a as a child, I was um, I was really shy, actually. Um, believe it or not, I was very very quiet. really. If you ask my, <laughs> yeah, really. If you ask my mom, um, I was this. Um, I was very small. I was like born premature, um, very underweight, was tiny for like ages. I don't know, what, don't know what's happened now, but um, I used to be very, very quiet. But I did love, um, you know, singing and that used to be my outlet. And at school, for someone who was shy, I just used to get involved in, um, you know, the choir or theater, whatever it was. And I put myself in it and then I'd be singing or dancing and people would be like, wow, like I didn't know that you were so shy. And then I kind of got to... Um, kind of 13 when I went to secondary school and um, kind of had to find my voice I suppose um, you know went through I'd say a difficult school I didn't enjoy school at all um, was kind of bullied maybe for you know who I was at that time and kind of anyway flipped it around and suddenly became this comp well portrayed a confident outgoing um person but really enjoyed performing so i kind of went down that route um i left school went to um performing arts college and was training um but i really kind of wasn't enjoying it as much i felt like i was just i just wanted to get out into the big wide world i'd never been one really to enjoy the education part of it i just wanted to be doing it if that makes sense so yeah. i was I was um, studying um, a place in Bristol uh, in England where I'm from. And then I started auditioning or I started buying, we have um, a paper called the stage newspaper. Uh, and my stepdad used to um, get it for me every week. It was 90 P every Thursday he would get it. Um, and I was like, I am going to make it like at the time, like people like the Spice Girls, um, all these boy bands were being put together from this magazine, this paper, you know, yeah. it has, all, it has all sorts of jobs. So it could, uh, in those times it could be boy bands girl bands or uh, musical theater whatever it was all the castings used to be listed in this place and i was like i'm i want to be a pop star that's it that's my dream so i'd go to these auditions every weekend in london i would pay 15 pounds and go on the national express like super early in the morning um go up there to these castings at pineapple studios like with hundreds of boys that all looked like um 
uh, Nick Carter. Everyone just apparently looked the same. <laughs> and I, I had these trusty pair of black combats, uh, combat pants. I think that's what we used to call them uh, with tassels on that I used to wear. And then like this, I remember this <laughs> like tight, oh my God. <laughs> this tight black um, <laughs> top that I used to wear, like very, like was ready for boy band. I used to get there and, it would be a process, but I, I kind of, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't very successful at that, but I used to get through a few rounds, but never made it to the band. So, you know, I was destined to be the, the sixth member of the Spice Girls, I'm pretty sure, but it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, so I kind of kept auditioning. And then um, um, I auditioned for, I don't know if you're too up to knowledge with like the UK has a lot of like holiday centers and parks where um, mm. you know, families go to and there's entertainment and the entertainment hosts kind of do everything a bit like um, on a, on a cruise ship, the, the hosts that do all the quizzes, but then they're in the shows in the evening. I know some cruise lines have that. And it was kind of like that. So I was 17. I was still supposed to be studying and I went for this, this job um, and it was like a summer season. So it kind of started, but it would, it would be six months and it would have like conflicted with my studies. But um, I got the job and I was like, do you know what? I'm, I'm ready to do it. And my mom was like, are you sure? I said, yeah, I'm just going to go and start this journey. And I took this job at this small um, holiday center in Woolacombe. It's in Devon in this place in uh, the UK um, and off I went, um, 17 years old. I did go for an audition, uh, and that was like my one of my kind of first auditions as, a, as a adult, uh, like a late teenager. Um, but super thrilled to get the job, and I moved down there and um, met with the the entertainment team, and we learned the shows. And it kind of really was my first time of being away from home, so I suddenly had to live by myself. I was learning to cook clean shave i i couldn't shave i remember i used to have this rash on my neck where i was shaving wrong <laughs> and this guy from the <laughs> entertainment seems like do you do you know how to shave i was like no no one's ever shown me so he taught me how to shave so i resolved that problem and that's where i started off and we did everything from entertaining the guests in the day in the evening we would uh, like do party dance with them then we do the shows. i used to be exhausted um, but it was the time of my life Like we had so much fun and I'm still in contact with some of those people that I worked with. Um, was it the most professional gig that I ever done? No. Was it a great base and grounding? Absolutely. Yes. It taught me the fundamentals of just entertainment um, as a whole and how to interact with, with guests and, and start learning my craft, which kind of then led me to where I am today. Yeah, such a good journey, such a good story. I really like that you said, oh, was it, you know, was it professional or whatever, the, you know, winning awards and all these things, right? But in, yeah, I think it's really important to have those jobs because I think I, you would agree uh, that given the opportunity to do a contract like that now, you probably wouldn't do it, you right. know? Absolutely and that's not. So, and that's an okay <laughs> that's an okay place to be but i think you need we all need to have those kinds of experiences where you get really thrown into things that really are at times overwhelming but it really just immerses you into what you're doing it's a lot of work for not that much money but you yeah. learn so much and like you said you had the time of your life right and i have a couple of those experiences in the beginning of my career and i'm so thankful 
that I had them because they taught me so much. It was like a giant crash course in mm -hmm. being a professional in this industry. And you, you just kind of have to do that and experience that and go to that extreme sometimes, I think. Yeah. And like you said, it, it was a grassroots job, right? It was the first yeah. one. And, and for, for sure, I learned a lot without knowing I was learning a lot. Um, where now I can still relate, I, like now as a, a leader, I can relate back to experiences there when maybe, you know, people are having issues or troubles or maybe not being so grateful for the experiences they, they have. And I try to relate back to that. And you're absolutely right. It makes you appreciate the great contracts and the great times that you have or really, you know, top contracts or professional contracts to, to those. And at the same time, they all have their, they all have their place. And there is, I think that we have this thing in entertainment. Um, I spoke a little bit about it through the season, like this elite kind of entertainment world where people think you know elitist is broadway you know if you're on that that's it that's the pinnacle of your career or that's the pinnacle where you should be but actually mm. the entertainment is massive and you know someone who goes to these holiday parks say every year back then when i was 17 that to them was their life their entertainment to them that was amazing and to see you up on stage they related with that as opposed to someone who is a a theater goer and goes to that it's it's yeah it's that's how for me i think there's a place for everyone and everything yeah and i think the skills that you learn when you kind of have to be that very self-sufficient are so important because yes if you're on that equity contract yep you got dressers you got every single person wardrobe oh my pants broke you just take them off hand them to them and they come back yeah. beautifully mended or you just got a second pair it's it's kind of ridiculous and it's cool and someone always does your laundry and all those things are wonderful wonderful things to have but to learn how to sew maybe not beautifully but to know how to take care of your costumes how to not have to rely on people for quick changes to how to really just make the show go on are so, it's such important skills yeah 100% and i i would say to um, anybody now and I think a common theme that I've been talking about is any experience I would say is great experience where some mm. people might might say no I'm not going to do that but if there's nothing else do it like you're going to learn something from it whether it be positive or bad you will learn something from it yeah and you'll meet new people which you never know how people come back into your life or how that might result in future work for both yeah. of you yeah 100%. Yeah. 100%. Brilliant. So is entertaining something you always wanted to do? Um, I don't, well, I did, um, my work experience at school, we, there's a time in your life when you're at school, they say, okay, you're going to go out into the world and you're going to do two weeks of work experience. And I have a love for, for animals. Um, and at the time I was like, maybe I should be a vet. Um, because this idea of a career in entertainment, back then it wasn't so accessible um or it wasn't really talked about at school um i remember i would talk with a careers advisor and they'd be like no are you sure like this is you know not a stable career or whatever you should be looking at this and i so i went to do this two-week uh, work experience with um a vet um i had the great time like a, but also a very sad time like it's a lot most dogs and animals go to the vets cuz they're sick so it was quite sad mm. um but i really enjoyed it but i was like no this is not for me um and i remember my um grandma there was this audition 
um, for P- uh, Peter Pan in Bristol. Um, and we went down and had this audition. And I just remember this moment in time when I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Whether it be performing or be involved in this is kind of what I wanted to do. Apart from yeah. that, my other love was tennis and I wanted to be uh, a tennis player, but unfortunately didn't have the money or quite the skills to be at that level. However, this week I just passed my level one tennis coaching awards. I've had this time of COVID. Hey. So yeah, I'm fulfilling some of those past dreams uh, why I have all this time. Yeah, I think I recall you talking about the tennis way back when. Yeah, you're probably sick of me talking about Nadal, Rafael Nadal all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's my and, favorite. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, all right, well, how about this question? It's something that I also ask something similar on uh, on my podcast, but it's it's about... Look, this this industry is fantastic. We have some really wonderful, wonderful experiences, but they don't come without challenges and obstacles, hurdles, all of that. And I can imagine you've also experienced a few. I know for a fact you've had uh, at least one that uh, when yeah. we were working together. Um, but can you elaborate on a few of the challenges you've had to overcome through your career? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think I've there's been a lot, actually. Um, and it's for me, when I look back now, it's been amazing to think, actually, I went through quite, quite some really challenging times. Um, and one of those times was with you, for sure. And I think a constant thing for me when I was a performer, if anyone knows me, actually, personally, I'm quite a clumsy person. So I will bang into things, trip, fall, roll my ankle, just walking. So I'm quite accident prone. And then to be in an industry where I'm constantly having to move very fast at times in direction um, (laughs) probably was not a good idea. Um, But I have struggled with injuries uh, throughout my career um, to the point where I've had surgery. And um, I know when I worked with you, um, I did have um, some vocal issues, which I'd never had. I've always been a very consistent singer, like strong singer um, to the point like vocally fatigue. I would not get that very often. However, now I look back and I, I, I understand it even better. It, is relatable to you know the the um, surroundings you're in or the setting you're in and how you're singing and all that kind of stuff played a, a big part in maybe why I got sick and I was working with you and unfortunately had these vocal problems um, and ha- uh, ended up having to go and have some scopes and see what's happening and found out like I had a um, like a, a polyp forming on my vocal cords, which if anyone's listening, it's not a great thing. Uh, it's not uh, a node, but it's the forming of one where, you know, the, they can rub your vocal cords together and it can cause problems. Um, if anyone knows the Julie Andrews story, um, um, then they, they would know what that means. Um, yeah. But I had that and I was working with you and, and you probably recall how, you know, upsetting it was and frustrating, you know, we have this job and all of a sudden it was kind of taken away from me without, you know, uh, yes, I made the decision that it's probably best for me to take a break and get it seen to, but I had to go through this whole ordeal of, you know, having surgery on my vocal cords. And I was thinking like, this is a risky procedure um, it could go wrong. I it could go very right, and I'll be okay. But there's that that risk with any surgery. So I had this surgery um, actually in Australia. I was living um, in Australia at the time, 
um, and I had this uh, polyp removed from my vocal cord. And I just remember being so nervous at the time. And I went into hospital and I remember waking up from the surgery and just like gasping, like it's almost something was in my throat. I couldn't breathe, couldn't swallow and kind of had like a panic attack. Mm. Anyway, I... I recovered. I couldn't speak for a long time. Um, however, I needed to work. I needed to earn money. And I, I was working at a gym at the time. Um, kind of my job was uh, reception, customer care, that kind of thing. So it involved a lot of speaking. So I went back to work. Obviously, they were aware that I had limited speaking. And literally, I would speak maybe for half an hour and I would be, that was it. I'd be in, yeah. ag- I'd be in agony. I couldn't speak. I was like... And it was really getting me down. I was going to vocal therapy every day. I had to do like a couple of hours of therapy, like all these voice trills. And a lot of it was just breathing and humming to kind of get the vocal cords to, to move again. Um, and I thought, you know what, I, I think maybe I'm not going to be able to sing again. And I tried singing um, when uh, probably about six to eight weeks after I was allowed to sing. And it was weird, actually. I suddenly found I had this openness in my throat and I could sing higher. I think I'm lying, but I, I, could, wow. sing, I could sing higher when I went to my vocal lesson and I, I had a few more notes. Um, that did come back down after a few years, uh, but <laughs> it wasn't over. But at the time I was like, well, I need to get back to work. And there was an audition uh, for Universal Studios Singapore, which is where I worked. Um, as well and it came up and I remember at the time that my partner I was with I said I'll go to the audition Um, I think I'll probably be able to sing my two songs and I'll be fine but at the time I still shouldn't have been singing that much I should have been resting so I went to the audition sung my songs uh, was successful asked to stay call back um, and then they kind of did group harmonies and you know of course it would happen to me they're like we love your tone of your voice do you actually mind just standing in the group um and just do the you can do the harmony for all of the groups and then we just get them to blend you and i was like (laughs) (laughs) and i was starting to get really tired and i was on the top harmony and i think it was sort of like you can't stop the beat from hairspray and i was like ah (laughs) Um, yeah managed to make it through the whole day literally got home that night and could not speak however i did get the job um and it was a few months uh in advance so i got to really train and work on my voice and get it to a point where i could do the contract it was a difficult contract i'd have to sing five times a day but it was only you know a couple of songs in a 20 minute kind of mini musical so that's the really toughest thing i've been through and (laughs) Going from there to Universal Studios, I had another injury at Universal Studios. I dislocated my shoulder. I snapped the tendon in uh, the triangular cartilage in my oh. wrist, which I ended up having to have surgery on both. Um, and I was out of the show for like three months. It should have supposed to have been six months. However, I worked so hard to get back in um, with my thera- therapist and I got back into the show. So the real downer for me, I think throughout my career that probably put a few dampeners on great experiences that I probably could have had has, has been um, injuries. Could I have avoided them? I don't know. Um, probably if I wasn't so clumsy in some of it, but also no, I don't know if I could. And I just had to really navigate that and do my best and keep going. And, and that that's what I really have done just, you know, if you knock me down, I've just got back up and said, I can, and I will. And, I kind of, that's been my motto, really. 
Yeah, and I think that's really the takeaway as well, because there's so many things that are just simply out of our control, and you just have to keep moving forward, right? Because yeah, what else are you going to do? Exactly. No one's going to say to me, come on, Darren, I've got this. You'll be fine. You can do it. This is, here's the job. I still, you know, in, in the in the arts, it's we have to find the work ourselves. So it's us, our body, our voice. It, mm. We are the job. So if you're not putting yourself out there or keep going after you know something that's not gone so well, then you're going to be in a pretty difficult situation. Yeah, hundred percent. And. Look, through our careers, I know I have some people, but I find that we all have one, two, maybe a few people that have really influenced how we navigate this career, how we choose kind of where to go in, in this career. Do you have anyone like that for you? Any mentors, any influencers for yourself? Yeah, I think there's been a few people that have really, um, you know, me personally and, and helped me professionally for sure um you know i think as a, a singer and a dancer um I've, I've worked with many choreographers over the the years which have i've just had a great connection with and they've been fantastic mm. so kudos to all of those and some challenging ones right that you're not always going to get on with everyone or enjoy someone's work ethic but as a professional it's finding that um, way to still work harmoniously but for me the last kind of five years i i i had a real good mentor um i was coming towards the end of my uh, professional singing and dancing career um you know full time and i was thinking about the next steps and how to use utilize my experience um and at the time i was like a cast manager so i was managing a cast and I wanted to be entertainment director. So I wanted to be the head of department and that's kind of the next step I wanted. And a lady called um, Erica Isob um, or Erica Scott, Isob Scott, she works or she did work for Carnival Cruise Line um, as director of entertainment experience. However, with COVID, she actually now um, unfortunately lost her position, but she is now working for Celebrity Cruises as director of entertainment experience. And she really... Um, you know, when leaders sometimes say, yeah, I'm going to help you. Like, what do you need? Let me help you grow. But there's no follow-up. There was no follow-through from, from people throughout my career. However, with her, I sat down. I gave her my goals. I said, this is what I wanted to do. And she gave me things to do and a time frame, almost like smart goals, right? Setting those goals of yeah. how, to, how to achieve it. And I would do what she did. And I always followed up on the exact date that she said and, um, you know, that just kind of built a bond and that helped me. And she really nurtured me and put me forward for that role. And I was successful, got the position. And then from then on, we worked together. Um, she was my direct manager at the time. And we worked together to really drive positive change um, within the program that we were working on and experiences and achieve great things. And I can always now like even now during this time like I, if i have questions or i'm going for a role or i might be thinking uh, uh, best ways to present myself i send it to her and she will give me the critique or the insight and also the encouragement to be like this is great you are going to be okay and there's great things that's happening so for me right now she has been a very influential person and um, yeah i love her to bits oh that's so good i love that you said uh that she followed through, right? And yeah, really helped you be accountable for yourself to to get the things that you needed to 
get done done she'd already been on that journey she says here do these things and that's basically how it works yeah but, but you got to do it <laughs> right and there's so many people right say yeah i want to do that i want that job i want to be that i like i can do that job but it's you have to put the work in you can't it's mm. not nothing's going to be handed to you on a plate and if you've got someone that is helping you and investing that time for me, that is just great. And that's what I try to do. And when someone says that, sometimes it's challenging though, right? When you're running a big operation and time is limited, but you have to he remind yourself that someone has helped you and you need to help others. Yeah, for sure. You always have to pay it forward eventually, right? Yeah, pay it forward. Yes. And we talked about it a little bit about how you said, oh, the entertainment industry is so huge. You know, you because we we're talking about the the peaks and like the broadways and the west ends of this industry but this entertainment industry is global it's in so many different facets and looks a lot of different ways so can you speak to that idea that doing this job or that job or working in this market doesn't mean you're really a real actor or a real professional i think a lot of people think it's broadway or bust you know and yeah. it's that's just not the reality but i think we need that reinforcement to hear that again this industry is mostly not broadway you know <laughs> yeah. so exactly let's, there, let's talk about that yeah there is i mean right now i call my i'm in this normal life i say normal life on land and just not entertainment at the moment and when i try to explain to people what I, my career is and what i do it's like sometimes talking to like a blank walk because it just goes over the head, which is fine. I get mm. uh, it's, and that's okay to not know, but it's also frustrating, but I totally agree with you. There is such a small percentage of performers that are working on Broadway or in musical theater or West end. And, you know, everyone suddenly just thinks that if you're on TV, you're successful. If you're on Broadway, you're, you're successful. I spoke to a, a guest of mine, I think the first episode, Zoe, um, she was a friend that I worked with as a singer dancer, and then she became on a on a soap, and everyone you know thought she's successful and she's on TV. She must be so rich, and that's it. She's made it. And like anything with entertainment, we work from contract to contract, and when that contract is over, it's over, and yeah. you're not guaranteed to get work. And like she said, she suddenly then had to go and work in a bar. Um, and she'd been on, you know, millions of viewers every day watching her. And then suddenly she had people in the bar be like, are you? And she'd be like, uh-huh, that's me. So it's, it is frustrating. And there's so many, so many avenues of entertainment. Like I say, I started out working in a holiday park as a 17-year-old kid, dressing up um, sometimes as a beach ball, dancing with kids, to then now running, you know, a massive uh, entertainment operations department. And... You know, when people compare what success is, I've had a very great career working at theme parks, cruise ships, um, everyday things that people go to, right, and take for granted, like maybe a singer in a bar or, um, you know, they go to a theme park and there's entertainment, but they don't really think too much of it. I, you know, it's a very successful niche and career. And actually, for some friends who have worked on West End, um, you know, I've actually maybe been rewarded financially better in some of these positions and got to travel the world and have different experiences um, yeah and to me I, I measure the success by how happy i am and what i've enjoyed as to the credit if that makes sense yeah for sure it's really about the journey because i find 
uh, in our careers, I've, I've been fortunate and grateful to have some really cool peaks, right? Some great yeah. resume lines and be like, yes, that was awesome. But when that happens, it happens and then it's done. Yeah. You know, you can't, the work continues. It's really about the journey. And I agree with you that, hey, my career has allowed me to, or our careers have allowed us to travel, see the world, get paid to do what we love. And that's fantastic. And it really boils down to what is it you really want out of your career? You yeah. know, do you, do you want to travel? Do you want to be in New York City or in London? Do you want to be doing the West End Broadway thing? And if you do, are you willing really to stick it out in that city? Right. Work, work whatever job you need to work, even if it's not entertainment related, even if it's a bit soul sucking. Are you willing to do that so you can be in that city, so you can go to the auditions, be seen? Because some people want, they want the end goal, but that, that hard part, the work, the stuff that really isn't enjoyable, people aren't willing to do. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to know that that's really what you want versus uh, finding something that might maybe me might be more fulfilling yeah. uh, for you. But again, it's a personal decision that you have to take on yourself. And I think a big a big point to that is that many of us just simply don't take the time to really get clear on what it is we want out of our careers. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's changing now with the with the way that even say theme parks or cruises or wherever you might work people that maybe have been on this elitist you know broadway or tv are actually venturing into these these contracts and experiences now because they see how rewarding they are or they've been able to travel and it was a it's opening up a whole new world to them which maybe they didn't know about and i think that's been key is to for people that work in different sectors of the arts is just keep, you know, promoting that and being positive about the brand and showing people that there is a lot of work to be had out there that is not necessarily on TV or on the main stage in say Broadway or West End. Yeah. And even financially speaking, there's a lot of, a lot of work, say cruise ships, for instance, where depending on the contract, of course, and a lot of other factors, you can very easily be taking home more money in your pocket on a ship than you would doing a Broadway show or a West End show because that's all your money versus having to pay for an outrageously expensive apartment, pay for food, right. pay for all the all the transportation, all you know, life costs money, right? Yeah. So and yeah, it's expensive to live in those major cities. 100%. It's difficult. And when you're on a ship or somewhere where you're having um, all of your food paid for or accommodation, you can you really save. And a lot yeah. of us have been lucky enough to do that and been able to purchase houses and do all this stuff. So it's very lucrative. And there's lots of avenues. If anyone's listening and, um, you know, is thinking like where to work or where they can source work, there's so much out there. And just be open, I say, to trying new things and don't just pigeonhole yourself in that this is what I want to do. And that is all or nothing. Because unfortunately, Unfortunately, there will be a lot of nothing for a lot of people if that's all you're going to do, because there's only limited spaces. Yeah. And also, I think if you want to, if you've been thinking, oh, you know what, this cruise ship thing, for instance, or this theme park thing seems like it could be pretty cool. I'd love to go to Singapore or Japan or travel the world and perform. Yeah. Look, 
go do a contract, you're signing up for six months, maybe a year. I believe Singapore, Universal Singapore does year contracts, but that's it. You know, it doesn't mean that that's have, what you have to do for the rest of your life. It's such a short amount of time yeah. in the scope of your career. Go have that experience. So now you have an opinion on it. Yeah, for sure. And some of those experiences that I had, I was lucky enough to, like say, work at Universal Studios in Singapore. I went to Dubai and opened up um, Motion Gate Pictures theme park there. Like there's, mm. And they were the times of my life. Like you were living in these great cities, being paid really well and getting to do what you love at the same time. Um, is is those memories, which I have now, which I've really reflected on, I suppose, this last year during COVID is like, talking to people and doing the show is reliving all of that and being like, wow, like actually I've done some great things. And as you mentioned, yeah, it, it might not be bam Broadway or whatever it is, but it to me is been very successful and so many great experiences. And I've met so many people like you, like our friends all over the world. Um, it's such a small community and it's, I, I just love it. And I think the last year, you know, we came home and all of these thoughts about, oh, what am I going to do now? Like the industry is down where everyone is down and out. And I was like, felt that pressure again, kind of back to being 17, 18 years. Like I need to find a, a secure job. I'm going to have to find something that's going to be sustainable. And this is it now. I need to change path. And I was thinking that for a while, actually. And I, I've secured a great position with a great corporate company, um, Amazon. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, maybe this is it. I mean, and as time has gone on, I have to keep reminding myself, like, no, that is not what I set out. And that's not what I want for my life. And this is a temporary pause. And it's difficult. It's been very difficult and challenging, you know, emotionally, mentally, financially, whatever it might be. But knowing that, I doing conversations like this, my passion and love for it will always drive me back. And that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Do something that I love and I feel like I will never work a day in my life, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess to the point of talking about all these different markets, all these different uh, aspects of the industry that you could potentially work in, do you have any specific resources that have helped you find these jobs or even just navigate a career and be a professional in this industry? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's many. I think when I started out early, I was very naive and didn't really know too much. But the more kind of jobs I got, the more people I would meet, the more connections. There, You know, a lot of work these days is connections and who you know. Mm. And you can pick up a lot of jobs by that. Um, Back when I started, we didn't have this worldwide. Well, we did have the web, but it was nothing like it was as it is today. Of so course, yeah. For me, over the years, I resourced by you know it, it was entertainment magazines or or castings. Um, I used agents for um, a small part of my career where I was trying to uh, work in the West End um, or a tour in the UK. Um, so there's many avenues, and nowadays I source all of really my work myself i promote myself i'm using you know linkedin platforms whatever it might be even instagram facebook they are platforms of some sort and you know people it's entertainment and people are on there and you can reach so many people in such a short amount of time as you never would be able to before so i for me now i think social media obviously is the way forward um but still 
having those connections throughout the industry when you go to a job, leaving a good impression, um, you know, and working on your brand and moving forward is the biggest key seller for me. And I, I recommend that to anybody who wants to get into entertainment, really work on yourself and, and, you know, be your authentic self and be your brand, be what you want to be. And when, um, I think Victoria Rossi on my show said, when you leave the room, what people say about you, like you want it to be the right thing and be that brand. And so if I was casting something, I think, you know, I worked with Dane, he'd be fantastic because you had a great experience. So I say, utilize your connections, utilize the World Wide web and social media. Um, I think young performers today is the greatest tool to use if you use it correctly um, to source jobs and promote yourself. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to look at social media kind of as your running resume in a way. Uh, this like this live, real, <laughs> real time resume, and that I mean, it has its pitfalls and downfalls, but that's what the industry is looking for now in a lot of ways. And you have to serve that and play to that, yeah. but you also have to not, like you said, it's about those relationships that you that you make on jobs or the relationships that you you create that are very short just because you're in a room for a few minutes. Uh, relationships in this industry are key. I agree. Pretty much every single gig job I get at this point in my life is only because of uh, relationships I've made. It's what allows you to have a sustainable career. And you can also have, have to remember, look, even if your Instagram or whatever platform you're using looks brilliant, if you show up to rehearsal or on set or whatever it is, and you're not a nice person, you're difficult to work with, doesn't matter how good you look yeah. on social media, you still have to be a good person, someone who has integrity, and someone who does good work. Right. And that's the the game changer, right? You want to be able to go to a contract or be recommended and or if casting comes up, whatever it might be, and someone says your name, you want it to be a positive, be like, yes, they did a great job. And they can mm. bring it instead of stories. Oh, they were so difficult to work with. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there and they may work, they may get because they're uber talented, but, but it goes a long way these days um, to be a great person and be humble and really work as part of a team because there's nothing, nothing more, nothing better than that for the whole experience. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And I can, I've heard that again and again when I've been interviewing people on my podcast. I've interviewed a couple people from the the Hamilton team, a couple people from the Magic Mike Live team, and all they have to say about the group of people that they work with is like they're the nicest people in the entire world. I've never worked on a better team ever. But it goes to shows like you you need that kind of collaboration or you need to enjoy people to have those levels yeah. of collaboration to create such wonderful products as well. 100%. And if I was casting something and I had two people in front of me that I may have worked with or I knew, and one was uh, a great person, maybe uh, not as talented as the other who's, who is difficult or has had problems, I know who I would cast. Uh, because mm. in these environments where you are working away or working with a team for six months, 12 months, whatever, you're on the road, you're on tour, you know, that is, you know, 80% of the gig. And you need to make sure that that's a harmonious, safe environment. And I would always implore to hire uh, the better person, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And how about this one? Uh what is your biggest 
or greatest booked it moment that <laughs> your your greatest professional achievement? Wow, um, uh, greatest professional achievement. Um, I think really for me, I've done so much. So, uh, like, I think it's hard to pinpoint one, um, mm. but like from working like starting at 17 to working on cruise ships at Universal Studios, um, other shows and tours or whatever, and then working on ships and becoming entertainment director for me was a really proud moment because I think when I started off as a 17-year-old kid in this industry, I always used to look up to the head of department or the person in charge um, directing or casting and be like, I want to be like them when I'm old. <laughs> I want to be them. So the day when I finally got the call and I was like, you've got the job as entertainment director, I was, it was like the cherry on top of the cake for me. I was so ecstatic. And I was like, I knew in myself that that's what I wanted to do. And I worked so hard. And I think I would have been disappointed if I didn't get there. And when I did get there, I was like, this is a real accomplishment. Um, but as quick as that accomplishment came, I was like, okay, now I want more. And yeah. I worked so hard in, in that role. I'm working so hard in that role at the moment. You know, I got some awards with Carnival um, after my first year as entertainment director. And to me, again, that was just something that I was really proud of. And it wasn't easy to get there to that point. It was many challenges. Um, you know, when you are trying to change something or implement new change with team members or experiences, there's always resistance. No one likes change. And until you can see the rewards, it's, you know, it's a process to get there. And there was you know, many days where I was like, why am I doing this? Or this is difficult. And then things like that make it all worthwhile. And I think I actually want to quickly just go back to when we talk about social media, like, um, you're putting yourself out there and being on that platform, which is a great yeah. thing. Like, look, we have our podcast and that's a real great thing and achievement, um, which I, we're, I'm proud of. I'm sure you're proud of. Um, yeah. But like anything, you always get people um, maybe that uh, not enjoying it or want to dim your flame, whatever it might be. And I'm, I got trolled on something from my show oh. uh, by somebody who I regarded as a friend. And I was like, wow, that is insane uh, whereas then the next day i got something from a, a listener saying you know great wonderful things and then you have to remind yourself why you're doing it and you're not always gonna tick everybody's boxes but be proud of what you do and always strive to be the best and for me that is my proudest accomplishment is just being authentic to myself and believing in what i have to offer and go with it as long as I'm happy and I'm not hurting anybody and I feel like I'm investing and helping people for me that is the greatest achievement that I feel I'm doing at the moment yeah I'm really glad you went back and you said that because yeah there are always going to be naysayers for sure and what I like to I like to frame it in this way that negative people are going to happen regardless whether it's virtually or it's in person on a contract yeah. or a job they are an inevitability of life and and especially of being in this entertainment industry on where we almost can take it or tend to take it even more personally because we give so much of ourselves of our of our 
of our emotions, of our egos, everything is left on the line uh, in this industry. So things can hurt a lot more uh, when people have negative things to say. But if you can frame it in the idea that, hey, negative things are going to be said and going to happen. Yeah. And to know that it's coming. And so when it does come, you go, yep, there it is. And yeah. just let it keep going because it's not, it's not helping you out. Just keep on moving forward, doing what you do because the negativity is going to be it's there. It's going to be there. And yeah. Exactly. You can't control that. So for, for all, I think entertainers, not everybody, but performers, they have, we are very sensitive. And like you say, we give our all and you form these bonds because you know, it's it's not like any other job. You're so it's an emotional connection when you perform and you're doing mm. something. And I think sometimes when that those lines get blurred and there can be negativity, it can be very personable, uh personal, sorry, and you you take it to heart. And I think over the years I've learned, but even you know, when that happened recently it knocked me for a day and I was like, whoa, that was like, what is that? And then, you know, after speaking to close friends myself, I was like, actually, no, like, why am I even worrying about this? This is like, it's just water yeah. off its back, move on. If you don't like it, you don't need to listen to it or you don't need to be nasty, but just move on. And that's what I, my advice to everybody is if you have a bad experience, you know, try and move on as fast as possible because you know in your heart of heart if you're doing something good and you're a good person. So just keep doing it. And there will always be someone to say no, but there will always be 10 more that say yes. Yes. Yeah, so well said. And let's get into these last two questions. And let's start off with what is the one thing that you wish you knew when you were starting out Hmm. I wish, um, I think back to my early days, I wish I'd probably had a, a mentor. I, I kind of wish I went to um, full-time stage school. I know I said I wasn't great with education, but I kind of wish I did go and do a full three years um, instead of just a year and experience that. And I, I kind of wish there was somebody who could have molded and told me not how to behave or how to act or what to expect from, you know, the industry or performers. I think I early on, because, you know, a type personalities in a room can be fantastic. There's lots of laughs and fun and everyone's great. But when it goes wrong or there's maybe not two, the two people that can get on very well, how do you deal with that? And I think there was a situation mm. early on in my career where somebody ruined an experience for me because I allowed them to. Um, and we just talked about that, you know, negative people or not always getting on with somebody. Um, and I let that overcome me and I removed myself from a job which I had worked really hard to get um, and let that situation emotionally like take over. And I feel like I let that go and didn't. Now I look back at that myself now and I know what I would tell myself, like, you know, it's, it's nothing, just move on and don't let it affect you. But it did. And I kind of wish that somebody who said to me, you know, be a bit stronger, be um, have a bit thicker skin to begin with. Um, and like you said, not take everything so personally. And I think as a youngster performer, um, also a gay man at that time, I was not out. There was all these emotions and all these things that were happening um, that affected me. 
Whereas I wish someone had said, you've got this, like, it's going to be difficult. Um, you are going to get, you know, chinks of your armor knocked out probably on a daily basis when you're putting yeah. yourself out there. Um, but be strong and know that there's always another avenue. There will always be another door that opens as long as you want that door to open. But don't be so personally affected. And again, I still have to remind myself to that day when things happen is to say, okay, pick yourself up, let's go, it's okay. And I kind of wish I, I would have been told that or knew that um, a bit better, which now I try to tell people who are starting out. Yeah, I think that's so good. Such good advice and just good insight into everything. And also, I like how you said it's, you know, I still have to remind myself, it's not one of those interpersonal relationships, whether, you know, with castmates or people that you got to work with or even, uh, even within your own self and battling with your own mind yeah. that it's a constant, it's a constant challenge. It's a constant learning lesson always. And you're always just getting a little bit better at it. So it's not a one and done kind of thing, but it's always just continuing to improve uh, at getting better at handling those situations. Yeah, absolutely. Great. And to wrap up this interview what is your best piece of advice you want to give any listeners out there, especially someone who might be really aspiring to have an entertainment career and are just looking for that one golden nugget? Ooh, I mean, I've been asking this question myself, right? <laughs> All season. Um, right? It's, been, it's been interesting to hear what people say. And I think there's been a common theme um, throughout the series of what people people say and um i think listening to that but for myself if i could give somebody advice into going into the entertainment industry it would be to be completely open to every experience and be humble um so i you know enjoy what enjoy it and i think i've worked with a lot of people um and experiences that will maybe moan about something or not be happy that they have to do something and when you weigh it all up it's like this is like supposed to be your dream job or what you wanted to do like enjoy it and that would be my biggest takeaway for anybody it there will be challenging times like any job like any job you go to there is going to be bad bits there's going to be good bits but you have to remind yourself why you're doing that and if if you can't remind yourself and it's not for you then remove yourself from from it. You don't nobody mm. nobody is keeping you there. You're not in jail. And I would say to somebody, if you're unhappy or it's not for you, then remove yourself. But if you're just unhappy because you want to be unhappy or moan about <laughs> something, try not to because it does ruin other people's experiences. And I would just say it's fine to be negative and have bad days, but talk it out. Have somebody you can confide in and find a mentor like I did. It's, it's okay to have bad days and be frustrated with things in your working environment, but you need to find an outlet for that. Otherwise, it will har it will harvest and it will ruin your experience. It will ruin other people's experiences and overall it just make you unhappy. So I just say, you know, 
confront those, but enjoy every moment. Even if it's bad, you'll look back and laugh at it in the years to come. Like us, we'll talk about, you know, there were some moments on our contract that we worked on when we finally turned up and our <laughs> cabin was like the size of a wardrobe. We were like, uh, and we were sharing a cabin and I couldn't even lift my head up above the bed or something like that. You know, there's these situations. You know, I had to like shimmy, like I don't, I couldn't walk, my shoulders were too wide to walk straight down the middle of it. Yeah, we could, I don't know how we <laughs> were in that cabin, but what an uh, experience. And that's what I mean, right? You, and it's it's easy to fall into a cycle of moaning about stuff. And I think over the years, I've learned to be very grateful. And when I took some time away from a company um, and came back, you really, really take for granted what you have sometimes. And to, the grass is not always greener. And I would just say, enjoy every experience, be open to new experiences, stay humble, and be the best version of yourself you can be and also be nice. That's all I can say. Yes, such good advice. I would recommend everyone just rewind a little bit of that and listen to it again. Darren, thank you so much for having me on your show to interview you. have had a fantastic time chatting and catching up. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much for joining me. And as I mentioned, like all of my listeners, please go and check out Dane's um, podcast. It's awesome. And sign up for those masterclasses. This is, again, invaluable uh, insights, in entertainment industry insights that you can get at a very good cost as well, I must say, for those masterclasses. But um, it's been awesome. Thank you, everybody, for being on this journey with me this uh, season. It's been great. Um, we've had some great guests from actors, singers, dancers, directors, revenue managers, whatever they, they, they've done and they've brought their insights. I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, stay tuned for what will be happening for season two. It's going to be slightly different and I'm, I'll be sharing that with you a bit later on in the year. But Dane, thank you very much. Listeners, thank you very much. And uh, wherever you are in the world, stay safe. And uh, hopefully we will see you somewhere soon.